Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. There are worse things I could do. Mangle with a boy or two Even though the neighborhood thinks I'm trashy and all good I suppose it could be true But there are worse things I could do I could flirt with all the guys Smile at them and back my Welcome back to a long-awaited episode of some kind. It's been a while. We're back. I'm Emily. I'm Christine. Uh, we had reasons for not being here. I had some life stuff that was terrible, and now we're back. So, we have no plan. Uh, normally we talk <laughs> about movies. Sometimes we talk about one movie. Sometimes we talk we about lots of them. we ever have a plan? We never Sometimes, have a plan. every now and then, we're like, here are two movies that are somewhat thematically tied, and we will talk about them both. Right? That's true. Yeah, we've done that in the past. In the past, when we were younger and cared more about structure, if you will. That's but now, true. like, we don't have rules. Christine, I'm going to be 40 soon. Have I, we talked about this? No, but you know that I follow close behind you, so. I know, and you make that very clear that you follow and that you get that whole, like, eight months extra of, of not being 40 when I am. This, this is not true. First of all, Time is a construct. Yeah, fair. Age ain't nothing but a number. But I tend to, the second I turn an age, I start to say that I'm the next age. Mm. So I never have I any idea how too. old I am. Yeah, I no used clue. to do that because it was less, like, I'm very much one of those, like, always aim low so that anything above it is a success. Like, can you have this done tomorrow? No, I can have it done by Friday. And then I'll have it done tomorrow, and it feels like I won, you know? Sure. So I do the same thing with age. I'd be like, yeah, I am 40. This way, when I turned 41, it wasn't as hard. Um, but no, I'm going to be 40, and I'm not ready. Oh, it's okay. You're still so vibrant and youthful. Mm-hmm. I have a lot more gray hair than I used to. Oh, so I'm all gray, gray, man. So much. It's yeah, okay. You did it, like, stylishly and cool. No. It doesn't count. No, no, no. Not anymore. It's just growing in that way. I think mine is based on, like, a vitamin B deficiency, though. No. Well, look, that's another if, if that's not a, a sign of 39, what is? 
<laughs> oh man, yeah. The things that are wrong with me could fill a book. <laughs> but, yeah, forty is the new something. Twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's sweet of you to say. Hey, so, I'm saying it to myself, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get used to it. Uh, today, we're just going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff that we've been watching over the last few months. It's a wide variety of things, at least on my end. Um, but most importantly, there was a movie that we were going to, we, that we both watched and we're going to discuss um, for Stocking Stuffers, which I, I had to cut short this year. Uh, and this is might have been the most important movie of 2021. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Christine? No. Oh, it's the Princess Switch 3, even switchier. But even That's switchier, it's like romancing the 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 princess, romancing the jewels. It's hold a play on, on romancing on. the stone, right? Rom- romancing the star. Romancing the star. Oh, why yeah. is it the star? Well, I didn't even know it had a subtitle until I just went and looked at it. But I think even switchier is really funny. Even switchier is much better. Because this was really like, switchy. It is i hated it <gasps> for all the reasons why i don't like these but i loved it for all the reasons why <sighs> i love them okay so. you worried me there because i like well, yeah it's not good because none of these are good usually not but like i i don't know i i truly believe i i saw like a kind of ironic tweet that was like vanessa hutchins deserves an oscar not for nothing She's very good in these. In this one, she kind of did. Like this is finally. I know you've been singing her song for the first two movies, and I didn't. I didn't quite like. I was like, I don't know. Like I think she could should push harder. Um, this one, I thought, no, no, no. She's in. She is a living her life and having a good time. Yeah, and she does that thing. Like I always love when somebody is pretending to be somebody. Mm. But here, there's a couple like inception level moments where she's like oh, yeah. a character pretending to be another character, uh-huh. like pretending to be, be a character. another character. Like it is like it's a lot going on, and she's good at it. She too, is. She, it doesn't read as like the same character. No. Um, I I'm not going to compare it to Orphan Black because that would be wild but like in, in its orphan own way black, it's like the christmas version of orphan black right <laughs> like in orphan black she would sometimes do these things and you would like legitimately forget it was the same person mm. doing all of these roles and i felt a couple times i was like oh i hate oh it's the same person Never mind. <laughs> also something i liked about this one um i feel like this had the hottest suitor of any christmas movie in a very oh, long but- time the dude that was into the into the bad girl Vanessa Hudgens. The bad girl Vanessa Hudgens, yeah, the the jewel heist guy, the, oh, the British Asian guy, for Ugh. sure because like hot, right? Flatlining for me on the other dudes. Oh, well, the well, the other ones were. I forgot that there's two of them, and both of them like don't add up to anything. But like new guy was hot, and you, it's like, ne- they're never hot in this movie. They're handsome, no. but they're never hot. This guy was hot, sizzling hot. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, like I there, gave this a three. I rated this a three out of five. I, I can see that. Like this scene where they're doing um, the laser. Uh, what do you call that? Like it's a laser room. I I have one more movie. Like on. an entrapment. It's it's entrapment. It's sneakers. It's escape room too. Like it, it's all those sneakers. Things. I know you did. So let's talk <laughs> about sneakers because how good is sneakers? Amazing. It's so good. It is the epitome of like. And there's a handful of movies like this where you're like, this is a great movie that's just great for everybody. And it's like, it, it is not Citizen K. It's not like changing the way cinema is made. 
but it's like everything is at a 10 in this movie the way it should be. I can't believe I had never seen it. It is it is the epitome of a Christine movie. Yeah. Very so much. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, people, if you have not seen Sneakers, which is what, 86, I think? Somewhere um, around there? 92. 92. Oh, I thought it was earlier. Uh, huh. I, yeah, I always assumed it was 80s. But it is. It is just a perfect movie. And, and I don't know if that was the first case of the laser room. I mean lasers, right? So it would have to. I was gonna say I can't. I can't imagine that. But lasers aren't like a thing that we were actively doing. No, and now we're doing them all the time. It's true. Like somebody could should do like a marathon of just laser movies. I like a good laser scene in the Princess Switch, even switchier. Mm-hmm. Um, they do like laser, sexy laser dancing. It's sex. It's and it's really sexy laser dancing. She because Vanessa Hudgens a dancer it's nice yep. to see her dance yeah she gets to show off the fact that she is really like physically talented at movement which is yep. it, it's funny because like I, I watching that christmas movie and like watching her and thinking a lot of like okay vanessa Hudgens has said some stupid things like i but she also like she was a disney kid like she was raised a certain way and this and then one other movie i'll throw out there that i watched that i that i caught her in where she really gets to like show off her actual chops like she's a really talented performer and i think like we're all slowly coming around on her you were there from the beginning i know um, well she's obnoxious so i yeah. get like i she was a, a judge on so you think you can dance right maybe let's just say she I still was. occasionally confuse her with Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato. I know they're different, but there's a part of me that doesn't believe they are. I, I understand what you're saying. For someone who's not dialed in, all these women kind of descended around the same time. Yeah, yeah But much. I get that. I'm almost positive she was a judge on So You Think You Can Dance, and I had a really hard time with her. Mm. But I feel like those shows are designed for you to not like the people on them. Maybe that's just <laughs> me. No, I, I buy it. But she is talented. She is talented. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't want to listen to her talk like about anything. I wouldn't but... want to actually hang out with her. No. Like, but I go back to like you know I was in the theater department in college, but I wasn't an actor, and that always made it weird because it was like, oh my god, like I was always around actors, and they're pretty insufferable. Um, but at the same time, when you're doing a show and you need this person to play this role, you will put up with a lot of shit when they're that good. Um, and I feel a little bit like that's kind of what I, I, because there's a lot of, especially younger actors and actresses who, you know, are like assholes in real life or who, who have done shit and all of that. And like, she, like, I know she had some like really dumb COVID comments early on in COVID. Yeah. Um, and there's some people like that where you're like, but I don't need them. Like, I don't need Mel Gibson. Like, I understand I'm not throwing away the movies he made, but I don't ever need some, if somebody, there's no reason to ever cast Mel Gibson again in a movie. Um, Because also like, there's nothing, he's not bringing anything. He's not uh, that talented in different ways. And it's the same as a lot of like younger actors who have not proven themselves or got famous when they were younger, or maybe they started in modeling or like something where they, they're not actually trained, but that's the thing about Vanessa Hudgens. It's like, Oh no, she has the chops. Like she can sing and dance and do all of this stuff. And at the end of the day, um, you know, and again, like she hasn't killed puppies yet. If she does, then I'd probably feel differently. Um, But yes. 
I I would say if you're at all interested in these Princess Switch movies, like I love a good body swap. It's not really a body swap, but it's like body swap adjacent. Um, yeah. I think that they're worth watching. There's also, at least for this third one, maybe the second one, but for the third one, there's a, uh, if you like drag queens, Trixie and Katya uh, have a reaction show thingy on YouTube and they watched this and I really appreciated some of the reactions. To I it. forgot about that. I always, every time we talk, you remind me that they do that. <laughs> and every time I'm like, oh yeah, I got to watch that. I just never think to watch things on like YouTube. I think I that's know. my problem. It's a, it's definitely a mindset changer. I mm. remember like y- years ago, probably at this point, somebody, somebody's kids said their favorite show was YouTube because they <laughs> just sit and watch YouTube. And I was like, I don't get that. And then I was like, oh wait, I have so many just sh- like things on yeah. YouTube I watch. <laughs> and that's one of them. Well, you know, you are younger than me. So perhaps By it's a generational months. divide. <laughs> eight months i'll be i'll be uh late 30s and you'll be 40 yeah well <laughs> i can get those senior citizen discounts pretty soon just watch me oh come on <sighs> um have i separately like i i am convinced that 10 years ago somebody signed me up for some mailing list or that there was another emily and travio who was like actually like 40 years older than me because i keep getting mail clearly aimed at um, somebody who is a senior, huh. the, like the day I turned 39, I got an, or no, 29, like just going back now, I got in the mail an application for AARP, like, but like to me, like with my name on it. And like, the last couple months I keep getting mail that is just very specifically like about knee replacements. Oh. Yeah. Like one of it, it was like a Medicaid. I keep getting like, uh, information about medicaid and surveys about medicaid oh and you know what one of the questions is on this forum do you have medicaid do you have an email address oh oh i was gonna i was gonna kind of come back at you and say like i get aarp uh junk mail too but this other stuff is beyond the pale and this isn't junk mail like this is clearly like (laughs) they're targeting me like, I like Maybe a discount. I'll join when the time comes. But I think right now, if I were to, like, try to use it, I would get dirty looks. And I should. I do not belong in that institution yet. Do you go and sit in McDonald's at 7 a.m. with a cup of coffee? I mean, do if I know? have the time, I would. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, again, I, I do watch a lot of Murder, She Wrote. And it's very possible that me buying, like, the Murder, She Wrote spinoff novels might have put me on a registry somewhere. I don't I guess know. so. Yeah. What can I, what can I say? All right, so where do you want to go next? Any? Uh... I don't know. Hey, okay. we so, talked about lasers. Want to keep talking about lasers? I got a laser movie. Talk about lasers. Right. Let's, just, let's just keep it let's just do it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> lasers. Uh, I mentioned earlier, lasers come up in Escape Room Tournament of the Champions. So I watched this. Did I? Did we talk about? This we already? talked about it when you had watched it, but I hadn't. Okay, what did, did I like it? Oh boy! Well, so, I'm uh, so baffled. Which because apparently there are two versions. I think I watched the theatrical. I think you watched the theatrical. Maybe I know I had problems with it. There's with another version with Isabel Furman. Did Isabel Furman show up in your movie? I think I would remember that. Right. Um, okay. Did a character who you thought was dead in the first movie show up in your movie? No. 
did we did you watch a, like the asylum no, I, version of Escape Room? No, I well, I, we we both watched that terrible Escape Room movie. That's not in the yes, series. Yes, we did. We we did watch an asylum version of an Escape Room. Yeah, but no, let me look. I don't remember. Okay. So my whole thing is, I keep saying, should I stop getting high and watching movies? But no, that's not what's no. keeping me from remembering. No, them. this one had um, and this one like I've already forgotten some of it. I think. It has some good set pieces. There's there's some really cool things going on. And I don't know what it was about this one. Because I was excited, but I also knew to temper my expectation. Because I knew, like, you weren't a big fan of it. Um, and I feel like a couple of other people whose opinions I trust were also kind of, like, lukewarm. And I don't know... I, I, I don't know what it was. I think it may have just been... Um, a bit repetitive, even though, like, look, every horror film kind of is. Um, but it felt so much a sequel, like, you can do a sequel in a lot of styles, obviously. It felt so much a sequel that, that said, what worked about the first movie? Okay, this group of people, and every scene is a new big danger, and somebody dies. And that's how this one went. Yeah, so, okay, I... Yes. Isabel Furman was in it. Oh, so we watched the different ones. The one I watched, because apparently the theatrical one, which I think is the one that I watched, uh, has, I'll just say it, spoiler alert, Escape Room Tournament Champions, depending on which version you watch, the version I watched, Deborah Ann Wool comes back. No! Yeah. No! I yeah. didn't see that. So I'm so sorry, anyone who's listening. I didn't mean to scream <laughs> at you. I didn't see that. No, Isabel Furman is is like the daughter, I think. Yeah, she's not she's it's, not at in mine at all. It may, it's crazy. Are you they are apparently two different movies. Me? They are two different movies. I guess I don't know what they did if they filmed it and decided, oh, we need to recut things, or if they like had it at like two and a half hours and then just chopped and chopped and chopped. But the version I watch, it's like, oh, Deborah Ann Wool didn't die. And then that's a whole thing through the movie from that point on is like, remember, nobody's dead until you see them die. Um, Are you no. kidding me? No. And I, and I hated it. I hated that they brought her back uh, because I, oh. I loved her character in the first one. And I thought it was like the right way to go. Sadly, um, yes, I agree. Yeah, like it didn't make sense to bring her back. It then undermines the character because she has to like do things that you, I don't know, like I didn't. I didn't no, like that I, twist. I guess that. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm going to watch the Isabel Furman one when it is available to my eyes because I'm curious. So, question: Was there? Did yours have any element of like a little girl leaving no. clues? Um, I don't think it did. But how now I'm confused. But here's what, what's confusing too, even... because oh wait wait wait, because then I read like the synopses of both, and then they totally crossed in my mind. Because I think in my version, it turns out that it's like Deborah Ann Wool's daughter is Shut like partly up. like basically being held hostage, and that's why she's there. I, that's um, it. If if we were in the room together, I would walk out and leave. I can't. <laughs> This is wild. No, that wasn't. No, that was so weird. It is bizarre how different the two cuts are, and I know it mostly from reading about it because it was fascinating. But I've already forgotten so much about both because it didn't really stick in my mind that much. Uh, the yeah. the plot for me was very so. I guess maybe I gave it a three. I'm very generous. I'm a very mm. generous person. I'm. Um, I. Like I genuinely enjoyed the first one. I felt like the first oh, one was was one. a good movie. Yeah. Now this one, I remember really vividly. Remember a lot of like the escape room set pieces, mm-hmm. but I didn't. But nothing else really sticks out. It, 
It didn't have the same. The first one had really good character work. Yeah, it did. It it understood that um, you should care about these people or at least be interested by them to to get through this. Yep. Um, another thing this one did that I hated is like the last, the first one ends on a cliffhanger in an airplane, and this one just ignores that that happened, For but real. starts yep. as if like, well, you have to get an airplane. I'm like, wait, wait, didn't we already go through this? And it doesn't. It's a weird, like, it's so indebted to continuing the first film, but yet it never uh, addresses the fact that it's restarting at a different point from the first film. So what I watched felt like it had a lot of stuff dumped in, um, expounding upon the two remaining characters' relationship. Yeah, yeah. It felt that that stuff felt very like I wasn't mad about it was happening. I just didn't understand. It felt very disconnected from the rest of the plot. And it felt but, like that could have a, a better movie would have done that in the escape room. You in, could you like, could establish in the story itself. Yep. You could establish how much of these two characters care about each other as as friends while they're trying to save each other's lives. I don't need a scene, a separate scene where they're sitting there talking about it. Yep. It, but 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 the subway escape room, pretty cool, really great. Yeah, pretty cool, pretty I, cool. Liked it a lot. Oh. And the beach one, right? You, the, the beach one was cool. Yeah, 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 I got the beach one. I liked the beach one, and then the the bank one. Am I? I'm not. That's the bank one. No, 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 no. I also had a bank one. <laughs> the lasers. <laughs> remember lasers? <laughs> oh yeah, the lasers. Okay, so see, I remember stuff. There was just you can't watch the amount of movies that know. we watch and and keep them all just really laser sharp in your head <laughs> lasers that's the theme indeed uh so okay so a good i think uh follow through from this one another horror sequel i watched and both of these also i should feel like as the um the old woman in the room i should say were netflix disc rentals oh <laughs> Uh, this was finally after after the first try didn't work out because I ended up getting a different spiral movie. I got the Saw Spiral. <gasps> spiral Saw. Oh my god! I really want to watch that. Talk about not remembering something. I really liked it. What did you think? Did you? I, I um... loved it. Oh, that boy from Handmaid's Tale. Oh, he is so lovely. <laughs> I love him. So my. <sighs> I, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I was hoping I would like this more. I didn't, it wasn't painful to watch. My biggest problem okay. was I'm watching this movie and very quickly I said, oh, okay, that was a, okay, this, I, I think I know what's going on. And I was right. And we were only about 35 minutes into the movie. <laughs> And I am not that person. Like, I don't try to solve movies. I've watched every Saw movie, and I didn't sit there trying to figure out who's who's in on it. Like, no, no, no. I, I want to have that moment of like, ah, oh, that guy. Ah, oh, her, huh? Like, I like that moment. And I didn't have that, because at a certain point, I'm like, well, the, they wouldn't have done it that way if that's how that went down, right? And sure enough, yeah, no, that, that was exactly how I thought it was. So I didn't get any surprises from it. I thought, um... It was the case of economy of characters in, like, the worst way, where yeah. there were only, like, six people in the movie, so you knew, okay, all six people are either going to die, and one of them is the killer, like, and, yeah. <laughs> um, I I get that, yeah. but, like, I feel like, look, you know that I like Malignant a lot, but I feel like I liked that the way that other people like Malignant. <laughs> 
Interesting. And, and I might need to rewatch it because I'll just, this isn't, I won't go off into a tangent, but we rewatched Hellfest. Yeah. And I, I hadn't seen it since the theater. Hellfest I liked is the, it. Yeah. the scary amusement park one. Um, I loved it when yeah. we saw it the first time. Diminishing returns Aww. upon rewatch. Yeah. So, so I'm concerned that like all these things that when I was clearly in a traumatic place for that I was like, Spiral the Book of Saw is the best yeah. movie. It's my malignant, and I'll go back and watch it and be like, this is garbage. <laughs> I don't think it was garbage. I think, I, I think it's another case where like, it it had things to say. Which is admirable, but it said them really quickly, and then I had a, a 90 minute movie where I saw every beat coming. Yeah. So I think that was for me. Like it didn't have the. It also did. It didn't have like the goofy joy of a of a good dumb saw movie. Well, like, I I like that that was gone. I don't like uh, that tone in a, in, a, in a rip people apart movie. Oh uh, yeah, but then it's it just means that ripping people apart is like. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow, we're really still lingering on ripping the guy apart. Like, there's a lot of, let's put the camera right here and show this this goopy, bony skin popping at you. But it does, it's not fun. I, like, if you're going to do that to me, either scare me or make me giggle. And this did neither. It's fair. No. It's fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another horror movie that did make me giggle a lot uh okay so everybody has like their list of things they have to like you know like oh i want to see every martin Martin scorsese movie i want to see every movie that martin scorsese has ever referenced in a film essay yeah don't worry we'll get to we'll get to my list so so mine is the (laughs) i have to see every movie that somebody has called the worst movie ever made Oh, that is a very you it's, thing to do. Yeah, I know. Um, but thank you, Shudder, because because of Shudder, I have finally seen Canada's 1989's Things. I've seen that. I had never seen it before. I don't remember it. It was a while ago. It's when I very, it. very bad. It is is the worst movie ever made. Look, I, I'll, I'll never dub anything the worst thing ever made, because it, it, uh, there's no way to really quantify that. Uh, but things is very bad. <laughs> this is this is made on video. It's very um, like both uh, inept, but also like ambitious, but not. And also just like has that sheen of like somebody dipped the entire movie in cheese, like like literal like wet cheese. So it looks really ugly to actually look mm-hmm. at. Um, but again. If you're a completist, if you need to see every movie once called the worst movie ever made, then watch things. I don't want to, but if you want to, I think it's admirable. Yeah, well, thank you. I, you know, I, I do my part for the world. Um, let's see, Shutter. I watched, I did a few more on Shutter. Uh, one that was good, actually, a few that were good. But um, in the holiday horror, I watched the Advent Calendar. Oh, I haven't watched that. I haven't watched a lot of stuff, my friend. That's okay. That's okay. Was it? You know what I did watch? I watched that Down a Dark Hall movie you recommended. (gasps) Tell me about Down a Dark Hall. How did you like it? I want to talk about yours, but what I'm saying to you is I'm going to take these recommendations very seriously. (sighs) So... (laughs) Okay, okay. So, so, go. so okay, I'll, I'll go through Advent Calendar quickly because I want to hear your one. So, um, Advent Calendar is very good. It's a good holiday horror. It's a good, um, it is, uh, 
it's creepy. It's a good idea. Um, like it's it's not like that original. It's like oh yeah, advent calendar. We'll make it into a horror movie. That's cool. But it comes at it from some interesting angles. Has a really good lead performance. It's Belgian, I think. Um, so like a slightly different landscape. I I recommend it. It's a good for next Christmas. You should watch it in December. Okay, I I would I would like to yes. Okay, uh, tell me what you thought about Down a Dark Hall. <clears throat> um, I didn't love it. Oh. But no, no, no. But I appreciated it a lot, and okay. I was glad that I watched it. So down at our call, it's got big YA energy. Mm, oh, so which much I re- YA, yeah. Oh, and Isabel Furman. Mm-hmm. Yes, fantastic. She's fantastic. Yeah. I love her. She, I, um, she's a little underused in that movie, but what can you do? Yes, and it reminded me. She is underused. It reminded me of a couple things. So it reminded me of <clears throat> that movie Seance that I watched, and I don't think that I, I have not watched it yet. It's on my queue, but I haven't watched it. Didn't love Seance, but okay. similar similar vibes there. And also Paradise Hills, which is a movie that I watched. It's um, Emma Roberts and Mila Jovovich. Oh, that sounds and, fun. And it's like it's kind of like fantasy. Mm. So, like, imagine if this was more fantasy-leaning. Okay. But, like, it had it had all that energy. But this, to me, it, this was probably the best of the three that I just said. Okay. But I didn't I didn't love it. There was, like, a stopgap. There was something keeping me from really getting into it. And I'm not sure what. That's fair. I, because I, I think the story is great. Um, and I think the reveal is, is really cool. Um, cause it's a sad reveal, but it, like, oh, for there's sure, an empowerment yeah. to it, to what comes after it. But there, as much as like, I really loved it in concept and ultimately like enjoyed watching it. There is like, I could see why it didn't connect. Like there is something like, maybe it needed to be spookier. Maybe it needed to be a little lighter in order to like really understand who it was made for. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you watched it because I, I mean, I felt such serious Christine vibes watching it. Yeah, it's it's got it's all there and it's definitely an idea executed better than average, I think. Yeah. And I didn't mind Uma Thurman in it. And I, I love loved... having fun in it. She is. I yeah. She knew what she was doing. And and like I loved all the girls. It's not yeah. it was none of the performances. I just feel like maybe there was there was a lack of emotional resonance in some mm. of the some of the storytelling. But again, I would highly recommend it. It was on HBO or HBO some, Max, yeah. Yeah. I, I might be it might have been one of those going away soon things though. That might might have been what pushed. I feel me like to that's that's this. gonna be a streamer hopper. It's gonna show up on Tubi or Amazon it, or something. If you see it go by, it is worth looking at Definitely. because it is it is it is heavy but it was it still manages to be fun and interesting it's not like dour. it's like the 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 tone is kind of light but i think the actual like once you realize what's going on it's pretty heavy yeah there was the one red-haired girl with the painting she yeah. made me real upset yeah real, real upset. agreed yeah N- nice nice girls you know they just just trying to live their lives trying to live their lives yeah um a, a similar woman trying to live her life have you watched, uh, it was on Shudder, it might still be, I think I watched it on Canopy, Hagazusa? No. Have you heard of Hagazusa? Yes. Okay. I have a long list of movies that I just don't know why I'm not watching. So Hagazusa came on a very specific day. The day after I got my booster shot, like you, I did not have a good time with it. Um, I woke up, had a headache, and was like, I don't want to move. What's funny, too, the day before I went running, so I was like, maybe I'm just sore from running. Like, maybe I ran really hard. No, I didn't run hard. I was just boosted. Um, so I, like, sat down on my recliner chair 
And like Brandon's like, what can I do for you? I'm like, I, you can just occasionally get me water, but I'm just going to sit here and watch movies all day because I can't do anything. Like I really couldn't like physically do anything, but I also didn't have the, like normally I, I have a hard time just sitting down and watching a movie. Um, like I want to also not like, Oh, I want to play on my phone, but I also want to do some writing. I want to check some emails. I want to like, and unless I have committed myself to a movie, like I don't always do that. So I had like a list of movies that I had, like, I didn't want to watch Hagazusa while I was playing words with friends. Cause I'm like, Oh, I think this is a tonal movie. So let me save a couple of these for a day when I just, I'm sitting here and I physically like, I am blocked from doing anything. So let me watch movies like this. Um, and it's a good, like, winter walk. Like, if you're sick in the next month, watch Hagazusa. Like, if you're, like, laying in bed and, like, can keep your eyes open for, for 90 minutes but don't want to really, like, do much, like, and want to be kind of creeped out, this this is a good watch for that. Okay. Fair. Yeah. It's it's very much just atmosphere. Like, it a lot of – if you are not um, – if you thought the Vavitch – um was a little slow then then um that would read like john wick compared to this movie um but it's really good i it is on a list somewhere i do want to watch it i i am worried about serious things still like i'm still having trouble with things that might be darker or or sadder or difficult um and that is reflected in my viewing choices, I think. Do you, um, yeah, this is not one for you right now then, by no means. Yeah, I, I, and that's why I, that's why I've been avoiding so many things. It sucks though, because people's like best of 2021s were coming out and I was like, wanted to see that, wanted yeah. to see that, tried to watch that, wanted, like, I'm just not there mentally. No, I believe me, I get it. Um, yeah, it's. And the beauty is, these movies are always there. Very true. They might move streaming sites, but they're pretty much always ready for you at some point in time to watch. So, um, other horror. Do you have other horror? I have a few more. I have one. You watched Superhost. I did. Yeah. You watched it the like the last time. We I watched it a, a couple of months ago. Now at this point, yeah. I watched it and I loved it. You loved it. Loved it. I wanted to love it. I liked it. I didn't love it. I loved it. Huh. It's good. I think I thought it was going to do something different, and instead it did what I thought it was going to do. And maybe that's on me. But and that's fine. I mean, I, I often say, you know, review the movie that you, you got, got, not, not the, one the one you, one you wanted. wanted. You're right. You're right. But, I mean, it's still, and I mostly mean that for when people start bitching about how they hate something. Like, if you're just like, oh, I thought it might have been something different and and that, like, you're acknowledging that you may have had a slight bias. I wanted, I wanted something engaging. I wanted something that took what, what is on paper a very thin plot. Oh, yes. And managed to make it be a movie. And I wanted some social media, like, social networking, Mm -hmm. like, like social stuff like modern yeah. appy type stuff and i got all of it and i so. think it does that well i think um the, i mean the, the lead actress is fantastic i think the guy is really good in that movie the guy who i think the character's name so is teddy good. i think i remember like the way his ability to switch from i'm hosting to i'm a human being 
like I thought he did that better than almost anybody I have seen in a social media based movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was really well acted all around. And I have like I have a I'm a, like very interested in modern portrayals of social media in media, and yeah. and it seems like genre and horror stuff are some of the only only places you can really find that like doing the work with the medium which is so weird um and, and it, <laughs> it it's so funny the way you say that it makes me think of um i don't know if you're watching the sex in the city show and oh. just like that but like one of the main plot points is that carrie is a podcaster and it's that typical like oh this is a when um like normal entertainment people try to tell a story about like new technology trends that they don't actually use. That they, yeah, they don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Like thankfully we haven't had too many podcast based horror movies made by studios. Yeah, it's just there has you have to have a certain like ground level understanding of things. And like what you said was super true that the dude in that and Superhost, like those the his voice, his YouTube voice and yeah. those YouTube videos are so authentic yep. that it was like you they, well they understood what they were doing and I, I because of that I now buy into this universe yes yes yeah it's important and it also that was another one of those movies that made me feel old because I'm like I know this is a culture um I don't but I am not a part of it and it was, <laughs> what you YouTube videos going places type like stuff? I mean YouTube influencer stuff like yeah. I know it's a thing like it's and it's a legitimate thing I totally get that um it it just is one of those like okay this is this is one of those moments when I have to say I'm I'm never gonna get it or I'm, I'm never gonna really um and not accept not that I don't accept it like I, I get it I understand it. it it is a um somehow we were talking about Oh, like we keep seeing this advertisement for there's a like some stupid reality show where it's like the children of celebrities have to learn how to farm, and just the epitome of like that it's like that weird early two thousands culture when it was just like That's oh like you're the famous life. exactly That's exactly the Nicole show yeah. and it was just one of those like oh you've done nothing in your life except grown up rich and now you get to make you get to e- get even richer, um and you're usually a terrible person like that type of thing where it's like, Oh, I felt like, and I don't think of that. It's easy. I think for a long time to associate that same idea with quote unquote influencers, because to a lot of people, it seems very much of like, Oh, right. These like, you just have to be young and attractive and you take pictures of yourself and, and suddenly you're famous. Like, no, 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 no. It's a business. There is stuff that goes into it. Um, the same time it's like, right. No, it's a, it's a business, but it, I understand now when like, a certain generation didn't understand tech companies like that, that, that point of, of aging out of something. The tipping point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. And for me, this is a very age, ageist uh, podcast where we're getting into. Apparently. For me, it's, it, it, I feel personally, it's very important that I, I, to a degree, understand what yeah. is happening in the generations below me. I agree. Because I don't want to become an out of touch uh, person that has no tolerance for like yeah. other things. <laughs> because like yeah. I get like I still listen to the me I still listen to the music I listened to in high school. I get that, but like to I don't want to be that person that's like everything else is terrible. Completely, like yeah. that's not true. <laughs> well, and it's also I think important. And I know we're we're going a lot of directions today, but there's um 
it's like again i don't have kids but i have nieces and nephews and one of the things i love when i get to talk to them is realizing like just how different they not just access information but how they process it and how like the difference between when um uh we were thinking about this where uh Oh, my, my siblings realizing I had the internet as a teenager and they didn't. Mm-hmm. That, you know, me, like, by middle school, I was going into chat rooms. By high school, I was able to use the internet for school projects. And they weren't able to do that. And this divide that sort of hit, like, I guess I am technically on paper, depending on how you look at it, more millennial, where they're all more Gen X, that, like, oh, yeah, like, this gave me a different set of tools but also made me maybe you know not do something the way you not have to do the same amount of work or work the same way and it's similar now where you know oh information's everywhere at your fingertips yeah but you have to start learning how to understand it and how what how to value it not and like kids do and teenagers do like just because they can learn things really quickly from looking it up and asking alexa doesn't mean they're less smart than me having to use Encyclopedia Britannica to do it. Like, but it's, but it also will pave a different road for the world with that ability. I don't know, man. No, it's, it's, it's definitely different. And um, media literacy is very important, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Putting everybody on an even playing field is great in theory, but also you need to teach people the skills to um, be on an even, even playing field. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Um, I have a few more horror. Should I okay. wrap through those? Uh, also, on my day of, of being a blob, uh, watched another movie that I had long wanted to watch, but didn't want to sit down and watch a subtitled black and white 1950s Japanese film without paying attention to it. So this was Ugetsu. Mm, yes. It's very good. It's a... I, so I hear another movie that I have not watched. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. Uh, also, it might be on Canopy. A lot of things are on both. Mm. Uh, it is, you know, you could see influences, definitely. You can see a lot of visual things that you have since seen in other movies. Um, it's a... It's good. It's, it's also like feudal Japan, which is always interesting to me, just because it's... Uh, a, d- a different world um yeah it's it's good it's a good again like evening when you want to turn the lights off and watch something very it's very slow not much mm-hmm. happens but it's a lot like in between things and it's gorgeous there's a lot of really beautiful shots and everything um and then in also on canopy this you should watch this is kind of it's like oh, i don't know it's like sad things happen but it's also really funny and really weird in fabric I have wanted to see this yeah. for so long. I have been recommended this yes. uh, movie by multiple people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should I should I do it? Should I just do it? I should just do it. You should just do it. It's so in fabric is a um on paper it's a it's the haunted dress movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like the, the adult pants. version of Slacks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um it's by the guy who did Duke of Burgundy, which um which I Burgundy, which I have not seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he I think he is also Belgian. I might be wrong about that. Uh it is uh what's her name? It's it's British. I think it's yeah, I think it's set in England. Oh, what is the actress's name? Uh, Mary Jean Baptiste, I think, is so good, and she is a you know a a woman in her I guess like early fifties, 
And she goes to a department store one day and, and buys this dress from the weirdest sales lady you have ever seen in your life, who is fabulous. And something's up with the dress. It is a haunted dress of sorts, but there is so much more going on in this movie. Uh, and it, it's very funny. It, it is almost a black comedy horror film. But it, there's, you know, some things that... You, there's people that die that you don't want to die. I'll just say that. But mm. it's it's weird. It's so weird. I, I loved it. I This is one that I'm like... I think I was telling you... Um, saying how like sometimes I'll make like film resolutions because like it's you know different things I want to see one of the things I'm trying to do this year is actively rewatch things oh me too yeah this is yeah. a movie that I need to rewatch because uh, there is a lot more going on that I probably didn't catch on first go so oh, you should watch it all right well that's a good recommend it doesn't yeah. it's I can handle that okay and then my last horror film, I think, on the list, uh, also on Shutter, 19, I think this was 92, Shockma, about the rampant baboon. Oh. Do you know Shockma? No, I don't want that. No, it's, I mean, it's one of those, like, you know, the baboon wasn't really hurt. He's an actor. Oh, His I name is Typhoon. Get, I, I... I am now so vegan, I can't even see animals acting upset. Oh. Zach has to tell me whole long stories about how they're actually fine. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's not even the vegan thing. Life is hard, everybody. No, no, I get it. Um, When we get to uh, drama, one of the Oscar films I watched, I had to pause it and do Does the Dog Die? Because I'm like, I can't. I, I can't. I'm not ready to handle a, I've just met a rabbit. It's a cute rabbit. The rabbit's going to die, right? Okay, yeah, the rabbit oh. dies. Good. Glad I know it. Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah, and Chakma, I'll tell you this much. Spoiler alert, yes, the baboon dies. But you can know, like, that actor, like, Typhoon, was, like, clearly, like, Toto on the set of Wizard of Oz, where he got paid more than, like, Roddy McDowell, I think. All right. I mean, it, yeah, I, I get it. And, yes, I understand. And But I don't I don't want that in my life. You don't need it. It's This is not, Chakma's not very good. Uh, oh, okay. It is interesting for, like, one main reason, which is uh, it is set in a, like, medical school where the medical students and Roddy McDowell as a professor uh, on Friday nights LARP. Like, so it's a LARPing movie, and then Shockma kills everybody. But the problem, oh, like, we, in theory, you that had could be me fun. a LARPing movie. I know, but then you have a baboon. And the problem is, every single scene is basically characters running away from Shockma, closing a door, and trying to keep it closed and locking it. And that's about three quarters of this movie is just mm. characters locking doors on Shockma. And then Shockma, like, being angry and throwing his little body against the door, trying to open it. So. <laughs> Yeah. It sounds adorable. I mean, Chakma's kind of cute. Like, and I'm rooting for him to claw people's faces off, which he does. So, you know, satisfying in its own way. <laughs> All right. Tell me your other horror films. Those were mine. I watched, of note, um, I watched the new Resident Evil movie. Which I have heard terrible things about. What do you think? I'm sorry, but everyone's wrong. <gasps> yes. Um, I love hearing that. It's So did you like Strangers Pray at Night? I love Strangers Pray at Night. It's the same guy. Nice. Of course it's good. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's super weird and it I know like oh it's like the game, but it really feels more like a like a like a game like a gritty. Oh, I thought you meant like the movie The Game with Michael the Douglas. Game. I'm like that's it's a really exactly interesting direction like for President Evil to take. This man has this present. No. Um it's, <laughs> There's a clown. It, Doesn't do it's anything. Grittyish and like like the video game kind of it has a, like a, a much it feels like a 90s movie you know how pray pray at night had like a 
non-era specific feel to it like it was like oh yeah like visually and tonally pray at night did not feel like a movie made when it was and that was awesome and i felt the same about this and and it has set pieces from the video game i watched people play the resident evil video Mm -hmm. games i was too scared to play them um i was too bad to play it i always got (laughs) eaten within like two seconds it was just too much it was very difficult there's a lot of buttons on a playstation controller i mean when you're used to a joystick when I, I grew up playing Atari, but even Pac-Man stressed me out. But um, I liked it a lot. I don't understand. Mm, that's not true. I guess I can understand why people didn't like it. But if you just go into it saying, like, movie, work or not, it it might work. I feel like people wanted it to be something that it wasn't. Mm. Or, like, people didn't realize that it wasn't in the Jovovich canon. Okay. Um. I, the oh the cast oh the cast is so good I love everybody in it so much nice. I want to watch it right now I I'm gonna watch it I did not yeah. think I was going to but I will I trust you so I didn't so know that the Strangers Pray at Night guy directed it mm. and we we were about I don't know 20 minutes in and I and I I thought I should have fucking said it so I could say I knew it and be right <laughs> but I thought this feels a lot like Pray at Night nice. and then I went and looked and it was him now Pray at Night is a movie I have subsequently rewatched and it does hold up in my nice. opinion I don't know if this is like I don't know if I rewatched this if I would feel as passionate Th- that's the, he also did 47 meters down which I like and I didn't like it I liked the concept <laughs> but I didn't it didn't get me the way I wanted it to I, I I will rewatch it at some point, maybe in like towards the end of the year or something. Because yeah, I, I, mean, like... I feel like most people are in your camp. I think most people liked it more than I did. I recommend the Resident Evil movie though, but completely okay. understand people that don't like it. Interesting. Okay, I look forward to watching it now. I I had kind of written it off based on a lot of what I heard, but I will give it a go. Give it a shot. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Um, I watched a movie called Sun. S-O-N. It's about the lady from the new Halloween movies. It has a son. Um, so I, the Lori's daughter in Halloween and Halloween Kills. Is, <laughs> Lori, um, Lori's granddaughter, right? Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, Lori's granddaughter, who is an actual woman. Who's like <laughs> Who almost... supposed to be like 16 in the movie and now is like 35. <laughs> She's a full, fully a woman. So I am not a creep in any regard. She has a son in this. She is obviously a young mother, but she's a beautiful woman. That's the entire reason I watched it, is because I enjoy her quite a bit. Nothing wrong with that. I did not like this movie. Really? I heard, I heard good things about this one. I have, I've had it sitting on my queue for a while. I watch it and let me know, because okay. I watched that that dark, dark house. What is it? Night house? The night house? Oh, it's right. You also didn't like night house, which I haven't seen I, yet. I didn't like that, and oh. everybody likes that. It's like everybody's favorite horror movie of the year. Yeah. Uh, Look, I don't get it. I don't know who I am anymore, everyone. Ooh, interesting. But yes, I didn't really enjoy Sun. I think it was average. Ooh, okay. I, I am going to watch it because I know, I also know it's like culty and a kid, so it seemed like it was up my alley. There's stuff in it that could be enjoyable, and she's good, but I just, I felt it was kind of middling. Hmm. But again, another problem when you see so many movies, it's like, okay, you feel, it's like almost like I'm waiting for a movie to do a trick. Like, That's right. I mean, movie. Shockma could do tricks. He could, he was, <laughs> and he's a baboon. Um, do I have anything else in horror worth talking about? Um, I rewatched The Burning. 
I have not watched The Burning since I was probably like a teenager. This is one of my favorite cool. slashers. Has it always been? Or it was like a, when you watched it, you're like, yeah, this one. I saw it probably in the mid-2000s. Okay. 2005. Um, I have subsequently rewatched it. This is my most recent rewatch, obviously. Mm-hmm. I did not realize how much Harvey Weinstein was involved in this fucking movie. This is his movie. I don't know how I didn't know that. Okay. That being said, every sex scene is like a a low-key rape. It's really gross to watch. Every every girl in this is like, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) Like giggles and and pushing and no. Yeah, yeah. Clearly not enjoying it. Well, you know, that's what sex was like in the 80s, right? I hated watching it. It it was the first time Zach had seen it, and I was like, I I love this movie. And then it it was that. And I was like, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed about this movie. Oh, no, it's that that can happen. (laughs) It's always a, a sad day when it does. Yeah, so oh, I'm sorry. Not a fan there. Yeah, I'm sorry but for I, your loss of a movie you really loved. That's okay. I mean, I have the memory of watching it, and it's still really cool to see all like the before they. Oh were yeah, famous. Holly Hunter and yeah, uh, what's his name with hair, right? Jason Alexander yeah. and and Fisher Stevens. It's I, I enjoy it for its oddityness. It is a progenitor of a lot of slasher tropes, in mm. my opinion. So like, it's got its place, but I don't know if I ever need to look at it again. Sure. It happens. Any more genre films on your side? I think that's it for horror. Did, were we going to talk about um, sci- like science fiction You movies? give me yours of those. I don't think I have any. I think mine goes straight into drama and comedy. So give me your uh, moving on from genre to sci-fi. I rewatch <gasps> Dune and I still like it. But that's fine. That's Okay. I, I think you, well, you have a movie. I'm, I'm guessing you have a big movie to talk about that I have not seen. Um, is it is it the matrix i would yes i would like to hear what you have to say about the matrix well i knew and you're I a matrix gonna... fangirl right like you were you're and matrix. you love all of them um the third one is the weakest but yes okay. i love all of them okay. <laughs> um i thought that i would probably weep steadily through it i did weep mm-hmm. steadily through it um there's a lot of stuff in this it is very dense talk about needing to rewatch i need to rewatch it um, it all the Trinity stuff, all the Carrie Ann Moss stuff is phenomenal. Nice. Um, there she has a monologue in it at one point where I just like sat there and cried. And I know there's a lot of trans allegory in it, I believe, yeah. and a lot of identity stuff. And but but uh, obviously you can apl- you can choose to apply some of the themes in it literally if you'd like and Mm -hmm. i think that you should it's great but also you could apply them more generally about like how we view ourselves and how Mm -hmm. other people view us as we move through the world and i there's just some really beautiful stuff in it and it was so good to see them again good i loved it i really liked it i think i gave it four and a half stars and um yeah, I I don't know that I'll. I mean, because I still I never watched part two or three. Um, Matrix just never got. I, I never had that like connection to it. And I know, I mean, Matrix is a fascinating franchise for like both how popular it was, to who it was popular to, how it was like the real like. Oh no no no! But like, look at it this way. Look at it that way. And then to see kind of where it all wrapped around is fascinating. 
but I have no desire to sit through four of those movies. But, but that's the thing. I would I would challenge you to try again if you have any interest because I did not like that first movie. The first time I saw it, it came out on video and I saw it and I was like, okay, great. Thanks, everybody. Yet every man you knew in high school like probably it's... was like, you want to watch a Matrix again? That was my <laughs> high school experience. Yeah, I mean, kind of, but like, and then and then I watched it again, I think. And then I watched all of them and I was like, okay. And and it was I think it was Zach. Like we we watched them all and I went, "Oh, I get it." Mm. Like I finally got it. It took me until I was in my mid 30s, I think, to to understand those movies. Um not to say that you don't understand them, but like to understand oh, them yeah. in a way that like made them meaningful to me. Yeah. And and I feel like the Wachowskis, um, they make movies that people aren't ready for. And I would agree so to that 100%. Yeah. And they deal in this level of like earnest honesty and yeah. like vulnerability that when put against sci-fi can really alienate people. Yes. And like, I think Jupiter Ascending is a good movie. I still haven't seen Jupiter Ascending. We we could cover it. Okay. I think I have a 4K that I need it's to watch. It's been on my list forever. I just haven't gotten around to it. All right. I, I just, I really like them. And not to say that people that don't like those movies, like, don't understand film. I'm just saying, like, I know that I wasn't at a good point in my life yeah. to, like, get on board with them. Well, I think, I mean, it's such a fascinating thing because these were movies that seem to have been made for the masses, but really are so much more interesting and unique yeah. And speaking from voices that you did not hear, but you did not realize you were hearing those voices at the time. Yep. Uh, and I think when 2 and 3 came out, it was like fanboys were disappointed because they probably wanted more of all those movies that came that were influenced by The Matrix. Um, but the idea of like sitting, knowing that they are long, heavy movies, uh, I've just not summoned up the energy yet. But for you, I, I would. I get that. I was on an episode of the projection booth talking about the Matrix. If anybody's interested, Ooh, in listening go to check that. it out, people. <laughs> um, yeah, the second one is is sexy, but that's just my opinion. Um, I also watched Twelve Monkeys last night, a movie that I constantly forget that I've already seen. How did it go for you on this watch? I like it. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's tight. Mm-hmm. It's it does all the things that it does and does them all well i don't know i think this is now the third time i've seen it and every time i'm like i don't think i've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) it's i'm not normally a big terry gilliam fan Uh, i just i i i understand why people like his stuff usually it annoys me i find his stuff very loud and the chaos that i think appeals to people for me just feels like a little bit lazy like that you can have all these big ideas and like big ways of executing them, but it would be better if you did just take a, take a step back and then put them together more cleanly. But that's just me. No, uh, I feel the same way. But I think like 12 Monkeys is kind of in a way, one of his more tamed films. Like it, and whether it was because it was probably a pretty big studio film, I don't know, but it feels a little more like he was able to rein things together to make it, not like there are moments in that movie that are very like there's no reason to do a vertigo scene right now why is this vertigo okay go with it um but i think because the because the bulk of it is so story-wise pretty tight i think it it all works for me in the end 
Yeah, I I do like it, and and I don't not remember. I think again, it's another movie where I feel like I I need to be in the right place to actually appreciate it because mm. I get what it's doing and I get why it's doing it. But sometimes I think it doesn't always hit, or at least the the same parts don't hit every time. Um, I I do I do enjoy it though. It's uh, well acted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. From people that I don't typically like to look at. <laughs> Uh, any more sci-fi? I think that's it. All right. Um, we'll move over to, do you have action or should we move to drama? I watched Speed again. Speed nice. might be the most perfect movie ever made. Speed is a damn good movie. It's really great. It's so good. Um, action, she says. Action, action. Um, nah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kind of picking and choosing. That's fine. Uh, all right. So I'll I'll give you a a non action action movie, because <laughs> um, okay. it's a newspaper movie, which which has that like action like that sense of of beating everything. Um, so let me let me explain first. Um, uh, Christmas shopping for my husband, like like anybody, Christmas you know when you're shopping for your partner, it can be, you know you you want to find something really special for them. And I was having difficulty, and then I randomly stumbled upon a gift that I am very proud of. It is the nerdiest thing I have ever gifted anybody. Um, for my husband for Christmas this year, I got him Watergate, the two player strategy game. Wow. My husband's like, he, he made sure he like made me promise. He's like, make sure you don't say I'm like a Nixon fan. I'm like, okay. Brandon's just really interested by Richard Nixon and Watergate. He always That's has fine. been. He's, he's just found Richard Nixon a fascinating man. He is, he yeah, is not sure. a fan of the man, but he's just been <laughs> interested by the man's psychology. Um, and I had said before that, oh, I've never seen all the president's men and would like to see it. And he made a good point, which was you can't just watch it today because when that movie was made, and I'm, I guess a comparable thing would be like Spotlight. Um, there's probably a few more that like it was everybody knew everything. Like all of the names associated with Watergate were so common in the news that like, oh, you knew I get everything. what you're saying. You knew all the players when you showed yeah. up. I kind of feel like that way about that one movie. I think that Adam McKay movie, the, the Dick Cheney movie. Oh, Vice. Yeah. Vice. Yeah. yeah. Like if you I were to sit down today and, and watch, or like if you sit down in 10 years and watch Vice, you're going to be like, wait, who, who was this? Who is this person? And how are what, these events how, related? Yeah, who's Karl Rove? Yeah. What does he have to do with anything? Um, and in all the presidents, men, that's true because they don't even say first names half the time. It's like, yeah, well, you know that guy Liddy. Wait, who's it? Oh, Gordon Liddy, right? Okay, but if you don't know that, so first we had to watch a documentary about Watergate that was very good. It was made in like the early nineties. I'm bas- fascinated by it too. You should seek out this documentary. I think it was a PBS documentary. Basically, they interviewed everybody but Nixon, including Gerald Ford, <laughs> including Gordon Liddy, and because everybody had already like like gone to jail or written their books like they're like they could say everything so they could sit there and say oh yeah nixon knew this yeah the, you know. but it, and it's fascinating because it's and this is what all the presidents men very much gets which is like you know like you think of the presidency and the government as this and and, and i i don't think you think of it now this way and i think this watergate was kind of the turning point of that we thought of it as this institution we thought of it as royalty in a sense and then you realize, like, how human these people are, but also how stupid they were. <laughs> like, how many mistakes in Watergate were just really dumb, stupid yeah. human error that ultimately determined the direction of a country. Um, 
so yeah, like if you've never seen all the president's men, it's a very good telling of it. And it's done so well because it, it does that thing that most movies like this don't do, which is it understands what is interesting is the story of these two reporters getting the story. Doesn't mean I need to know a thing about these two men. I don't need to see their long-suffering wives. I don't need to see the birthday party they missed or anything like that. Like, yeah. no, no, no. This is just about the investigation. Um, so it, it's recommended, but you kind of can't watch it without a Watergate primer. Eh, I'll see if uh, I'll run it by the old ball and chain, see if he's interested. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a pop-up video version where they like will pause it and give you tidbits because it would be useful. Like, with integrated, like, background explanation? Yeah, yeah, like, if it's just, like, Robert Redford pauses and turns to the camera and says, like, this person is actually, it would be helpful. We followed that up with another um, Richard Nixon double feature with uh, Frost and Nixon. Oh, I've wanted to watch that. It's it's good. Um, and it's you can watch it having known less about Watergate. It's a, because, I mean, again, it was made, I think, like, what, 2008 or so? So it's made more for a more modern audience um it's very good michael sheen and frank langella are very good in it the way it um it does some really interesting things with basically like how how everybody else sees nixon and then how you get to meet nixon as a human being type thing Mm -hmm. um the one thing i really didn't like about it it tries kind of hard I, and I guess what it, the problem is, it knows that everybody wants is going to watch this movie because they want to see Nixon. Nobody really cares about David Frost. And that could be fine, except the movie, like, insists on giving David Frost stakes that don't translate so well. Because it's, oh, he's a reporter, but he's, like, kind of a fluffy reporter, and he's not doing so well. So, yeah, and he's putting his own money on the line here. So if this doesn't go well, he's out so much money cut to him throwing himself a birthday party and buying everybody champagne. And it's just one of those things that you're like, I don't, you can't get me to sympathize with this man's money woes when he's still, him being broke is still going to mean him living in a penthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like one of those little things that bothered me a lot about it, but uh, worth a watch. Um, all right. Another, another one. And then I'll get into the Oscar watches. Uh, one movie that was not an Oscar movie from a couple years ago, but that could have been Stan and Ali about Laurel and Hardy with John C. Riley oh. and uh, Stephen Coogan. I remember when that came out. Is that good? It's really good. Interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm I like John C. Riley. He's he's really good in it. You you have it takes a minute because he is wear, basically wearing a fat suit, and there's a like moment of realizing it, but then you realize how he is acting through it really well and he is physically getting the idea of a man in his 60s who has lived really hard and who is paying for it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stephen Coogan is fantastic in it. Uh, and he's you know somebody that you primarily think of in comedic stuff, but he is uncanny as Laurel. And... What's really nice about this movie is it's, again, like, I'm not, I have a passing knowledge of Laurel and Hardy. I've seen a lot of their stuff because my husband's a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is really nice about it is it is it is not, if you said, oh, they made a movie about Laurel and Hardy, like, you would imagine the five different ways you would tell that story. And this is not that. This is them when they were in their 60s, when their careers had dried up, but there was still a little bit of... Um, 
you know, they, they could still do some shows and people would come and see it, but they had to travel to like the, the back alley cities and do a show, but they were still so good and so natural and so quick at it that they could do it, but yet they were hurting. And they had this thing between them that had broken their friendship and they're at a point in life when they're not like, it's not the, oh, they were, you know, they don't talk to each other anymore and they have to get along for this one last show. Like, no, they're like two like grown-ups who had a falling out and were never as close as they were. And now they're sort of dealing with that. Like, it's really human in this mm. really nice way. Um, I found it really touching. Uh, and it does something, and this will probably lead me into the next movie I'll talk about, that um, it it understands, especially with Laurel, what it is to be that kind of artist and how, like, you're kind of insufferable, not because you are, like, craving fame, but because you're really good at this thing that only you know how to do. And so you're always thinking that way. And it's, like, the language of Steve Coogan in this part and how he occasionally decides, oh, I'm going I'm to do that bit. And he just does it. And you believe, like, yeah, that's probably what Laurel did. It's it's a really... Um, it's a much more intelligent, thoughtful movie than I thought based on, oh, they made a Laurel and Hardy. By yeah, Lord. it could have gone, you know, a different direction. So much, obviously. yeah. Yeah, so I, I do recommend it. If, uh, if Especially if you have any interest in Laurel and Hardy, it is a like definite watch. But even if you don't, it's it's a really nice movie about what it might be like to be an old artist who still loves what they did but can't quite do it anymore mm. and that's nice it's not not a story we get often um and then that will take me to okay oscar season it's happening it's it's they're coming christina you ready do you care uh, <laughs> do i care and am i ready are two different questions <laughs> so i just i there's a lot of oscar contenders that are on netflix currently so i watched a bunch of them um, starting with another movie about a struggling artist, Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, yeah, how'd you like it? I loved it. Really? Christine, I loved this movie. I, okay, so Tick, Tick, Boom, if you don't know, it is the, it is based on an original musical by Jonathan Larson. Who's Jonathan Larson? Jonathan Larson is the guy who wrote Rent, which, look, Rent has aged weirdly, um, but Rent also did change musical theater. Uh, and in real life, Jonathan Larson didn't actually live to see that. He had a brain aneurysm the night that Rent was supposed to premiere, and he died, which is very sad. This movie is not sad. This movie is, um, so Andrew Garfield, so good. Oh, Andrew Garfield, Christian. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. He's so good. He's, he's good. I, I, he, I can't deny that. He is, um... trying to think of like how I was realizing watching him he does not hold back and I don't mean that in like a oh he's a Robin Williams he goes all in like emotionally he goes all in there is this sense of like pure utter humanity to a good Andrew Garfield performance and I think he does it never let me go too like there is something about him that um And I think it's also interesting because it's not always true for a lot of, like, British classically trained actors, but where he feels like a human being. He does not feel like a character. 
And what is so interesting about Tick, Tick, Boom, which I was not crazy. I did not think I would watch it. I kind of figured, okay, if it, if it really gets like a lot of attention, maybe I will, but I don't really care. Um, it manages to make me care about a story I normally do not care about. I don't care about the struggling artist that much because I have seen so many stories like that where I just say like, I mean, like Rent is a prime example. You watch Rent and you say, this is a movie about being an artist. It's not a movie about making art. Whereas Tick, Tick, Boom is a movie about what an, what it means to be an artist who want, who just wants to make art. Um, it is, you, you buy into it. You understand it is not um, that he has, he can't not do this. And he is waiting tables. He is doing all these things he has to do in order to, just write music and write the musical he wants to write. And there is this beautiful, and I don't want to spoil, but basically like something else this movie does where it's not like, oh yeah, and that's the thing and you did it. No, it's not about that. It's about the fact that you you did something, but if you really are this person, you're going to keep doing it because you have to do it again. You have to do it differently. You have to do a different one. Um, it is like really alive uh, and did you know Vanessa Hudgens is in it? I did not know that. She's in it, and she sings, and she dances, and she's very cute. And it feels very much like, um, I won't say it's quite along the lines of Ray Liotta in Muppets Most Wanted, <laughs> but yeah. it's a little bit where it's like, you didn't need Vanessa Hudgens to play this part, because she's not playing, like, he has a love interest who's um who's also really good. It's that girl from that, that um teenage uh tragedy girls was that it that we watched there is a there is a okay. movie called tragedy it's one girls. of the girls from that okay. um she is in it and she's great but then vanessa hudgens plays like the actor version of her in the show he is making but it's really like it just feels like vanessa hudgens is like on set like do i get to sing today i get to sing today great okay i'm gonna sing so it's very cute um yeah, I don't think I've sold it to you, and I don't know if I ever will. But I don't I, think you can. I know, and I get that. Um, but I do encourage everybody else out there that is not you. Uh, it's really good. It's Even if you think, if you think Rent was the worst thing in the world, you might still love Tick, Tick, Boom, because it is not that. It is about the about a person that was so not just talented it's not about talent it's about drive and it's about persistence and it's about it's about writing too it's very much about creating more than it is about the creation um so i will continue to try to sell it because i loved it uh well i'm glad that you liked it i had heard very mixed things huh interesting i thought i thought it was pretty well received but i it's a strong it's a strong push for me um, and then two more strong pushes that I also liked a lot that I think you would like both of these. And I'll say another thing. So all three of these are very gay movies. These, these two are gay in different ways. Um, Power of the Dog and Passing. Have you watched either? Um, I have not. I do want to see Passing. I have heard good things about uh, Power of the Dog. I don't know. I don't know. You know, difficult watches. I don't. Yeah. Um... So, okay, pa- what, pa- what I love about Passing, so Passing is directed by Rebecca Hall, who I know mm-hmm. you're a big fan of. Um, it is, it, if you did not believe Ruth Nego was, like, the most um, charismatic presence on screen before, you, you will with this movie. And Tessa Thompson is really good, too. Uh, it is, it, it, it's one of my 
favorite kinds of storytelling, which is, and and Power of the Dog is actually very similar. These are both stories about longing, about not belonging, about trying to be something you're not. Um, and the movies tell these stories with all of these unsaid things that are just bursting off the screen. Um, and Passing is fascinating because it's like 90 minutes long. It is not a long movie. Oh, it is not a big movie. It is not... Um, it's, I think it will get pretty, like, it's not going to get any awards. Ruth and Egg, I might get nominated. That's probably it. And it reminds me of, like, I said the same thing about Loving, where, like, if you took Loving, um, the Jeff Nichols movie. I do enjoy that movie. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee if you put that movie in a different director's hand, like in a Ron Howard's hands, let's say, it would have won a bunch of Oscars and it would have been not nearly as good. And I feel like that about Passing you could have told this story in a way that would have been more obvious and more um, crowd-pleasing or more, like, critic bait and all of that. But instead, it does it in this really um, unique, sparse, specific style where it's all there, but it's all there in what's not there. Um, It's really good, and it will stay with you, and it will make you it's one that like again if you were to go back and probably do like oh this would be like a good like screenshot analysis movie where you start to see all the little things that are there but again are never said um and power of the dog is similar because it's it's a western um it, it it's one that like if you say much more about i think you give away certain aspects of it um, but again, it's very much about like what is not said, what can cannot be said, and weirdly, the two of them would make a an outstanding double feature. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I, I I as someone who is not a huge Western fan, would th- should that? I don't. Yeah, no. 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 That should not bother you at all because okay. this this is a Western in that it is set in Montana in 1925. Okay. This is not a movie about cowboys and the frontier. Okay. This is a movie about um, sad people that uh, have various things in their way of happiness, and they happen to be living in Montana in 1925. Like, my my sister watched this movie, and she was so mad because she thought it was... A, like, she had just watched uh, The Harder They Fall, and was like, this, was, mm-hmm. this is great! And then I saw this other movie that everybody's talking about, and it's a western! And she was so angry because she's like, it was so boring, nothing happened. Like, oh. so it's it's a nothing happened movie. Sounds like, it is, right up my exactly. Alley. It is. This is not a western. Like it's going to, and it, what's going to be really funny. Like, I'm I'm so curious because I have kind of only heard critics talk about the movie. Um, I have not heard like, and again because it's Netflix, it's a little bit harder in that way because if you don't, if you're not jiving with it, you just turn it off and you forget that you even watched it. Mm-hmm. But like. And again, like, I don't want to go down the route of, like, how gay this movie is, which Passing is, too, in ways that are never said. But to me, if you watch either movie and don't see it, then I then I need to sit down and have a conversation with you type thing. Um, but yeah, so I don't know how the, like, average filmgoer expecting Western is taking it. Mm-hmm. But it's... And it, oh, man. Like, it's one of those things, too, like, the more I think back on it... If I were to sit down again, watch it again, because there's a lot that is, it's a really simple story and it's all there. And if you were to go back and watch it, you would see 
all of the clues and all these things. Um, but it's so subtle and it is quiet and yeah, it's very good filmmaking. I, I, it is now officially uh, piqued my interest. Okay. Okay. Watch both of them and come back and tell me about them. I I would like to. I'm trying to you know watch good things. Yeah, I mean both of these movies are very good movies. Yeah, like, and like that's like not really doesn't sound like it's even controversial. No, so. no, no. It seem they seem pretty well loved so far. Yeah, I recommend both. Do you have any drama? Oh, Mama, I have a lot of drama. <laughs> um, so I am doing this thing where. I want to get to uh, as close to a hundred percent on a certain actor's uh, filmography <laughs> as I can. Uh huh. And right now, I'm I believe I'm right around twenty five percent. it. But, yeah, because there's also movies that I've seen that I haven't seen while oh, I'm so logging on Letterboxd. Okay, okay. So I have to go back through. So I have seen a lot of dramas, um, starring one John Cusack. Um, I don't know if they're good. What? I don't get I don't get the I'm, appeal, but, but I am, you be you. I am so in love with him at this point. I have a full parasocial relation, relationship with him. <laughs> he is the most comforting presence in my life. That's not my husband, obviously. But um, he's just so wonderful, and I love him so deeply. That being said, I'm watching all of his movies. Um, so I've watched a lot. Since we talked, I think I've watched like 20-something. Wow. Um... I watched Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Which I've never seen. Directed by Clint Eastwood. Um, oh, yeah. Sadly, co-starring Kev- yeah. Kevin Spacey. Um, there is also a uh, a trans performer in it. Apparently, she was she was famous and well-known in her time. Um, call, and her name is Lady Chablis. And there are... She At one point, she comes into a room and she's in just full pageant drag. And it is the most glorious thing I've ever seen in my life. Huh. So I basically get to watch, like, like a trans drag performer. I, I don't want to say drag because drag, inf- I don't think that that's what she was doing. I believe that she was just a female mm-hmm. entertainer who happened to be a trans woman. But you get to see these long scenes of her and John Cusack just, like, riffing. It's the most huh. charming fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I was so enamored by it. Is this a good movie? I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, it sounds I, interesting, though. I was delighted by it. Huh. And there's a very young Jude Law in it. Yeah. There's a lot of good things, and then a lot of Kevin Spacey things. And I could see the argument. I could easily, you could tell me that this was a meandering mess. And I would go, you know what? You're right. But you enjoyed the act of watching it. I enjoyed the act of watching it. That's important. I watched Pushing Tin, which is a movie about air traffic controllers with um, Billy Bob Thornton. And, oh, uh, I always thought, I, I didn't know that this and Tin Cup were different movies. I'm like, no, isn't that the golf movie with Kevin Costner? No, this is about aero, aeroplanes. Wow, that was a, okay. Is this a good movie? I don't know. <laughs> no? Is it as boring as it sounds? Sounds like a yeah. Cusack's in it. I don't care. Um, I watched The Numbers Station. That is a movie with John Cusack and Malin Ackerman. Oh, okay. It's very, it's very thin. It's a very thin film. Mm. 
Do they have chemistry? Are they sexy together? But it's not, they're not supposed to be sexy together. It's like a really innocent relationship. It's very complex. It was hot. I liked it. So I watched The Ice Harvest, which is Billy Bob Thornton and John Cusack. I don't think I liked it. What is that movie? I always, again, I'm like, I always thought that was The Ice Storm. I didn't realize they were two different movies. Um... A shady lawyer attempts a Christmas Eve crime, hoping to swindle the local mob out of some money. But his partner, a strip club owner, might have different plans for the cash. So this sounds like, if I had to describe it based on that, I would say, could it be zany? Yeah, but I don't think it is. Oh, okay. Well, it's a little... There is parts of it. Yeah, you're... No, it is. You're right. <laughs> it's, it's like a, like a crime movie of that time period okay which like mid late 90s yeah Mm. i clicked away from it and now i can't get back into the listing for it so we're just gonna abandon that um it wasn't great but like i don't know there are worse things to watch um watch 2012 but i've seen that before um muscle of dogs we don't need to talk about that (laughs) runaway jury runaway jury is a good movie and Rachel Weisz is in it. Oh, I do love her. If you like jury movies, do it. Um, I watched America's Sweethearts, and that's John Cusack. How did that age for you? Terribly. It's a mm. terrible movie. Yeah. It's not as bad as Serendipity, which is not good. Oh, wait, don't they put Julia Roberts in a quote-unquote fat suit in America's Sweethearts? Oh, geez, did they? No. Okay. Oh, maybe they did. Isn't she, like, dowdy, quote-unquote? She is dowdy, quote-unquote. Okay. Um... Now, I say that I didn't like these with the utmost love and respect because I like John Cusack in all of them. He is tremendous in all of them. Um, Con Air. (laughs) I like that. I like that movie a lot. He's really cute in that. Um, What else do I have? Um, The Raven. Now, The Raven is a weird movie. Oh, I forgot he did The Raven. That's where he plays Poe, right? I think The Raven might be a wonderful movie. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Look. Can't be stopped. Can't stop. Won't stop. Clearly, you have seventy-five percent more to go. I do, and I have a lot of entries I'm not looking forward to. Um, but John Cusack, if you're listening, I love you. So <laughs> Clearly, um, I watch Hot Tub Time Machine. That is a tremendous movie, and he's very I, good in that. I did not love it, but I've only seen it one time. It's been a few years. There's I don't remember crass, what I like about it. There's a lot of crass bullshit in it. If, it, if memory serves, it felt a little bit of like. We're fun dudes. Women are lame, except for boobs. But I don't know if I'm right about that. So I, 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 that's in my mind how I remember feeling. It's that's not the energy that I got from it at all. It's I feel it is more like male friendship. Okay. Woo. Mm, I remember not caring for it, but there are there are crass things in it, and there are gross out things in I mean, it. I'm not a lady. I can handle. No, crass no but I don't funny. like. I don't like like bathroom humor and gross yeah. humor um but i think he's a tremendous comedic actor and he's very good in it and rob cordry's in it and he's wicked obnoxious but he's supposed to be mm-hmm. um but i don't know i can see why somebody wouldn't like it i think it's fun uh 1408 is a movie that i watched again <laughs> i don't know it's like, it's, <laughs> I, I like it a lot um what else do i have there's this movie called reclaim that he's in it's probably the most newest and new, most newest the newest entry on my list and ryan Philippi is also in it and it's about like 
the buying and selling of children. Fun. <laughs> Not light. Um, and I also watched War Inc., which is the uh, unofficial follow-up to Gross Point Blank, which is supposed to be absurdist humor about war and the, you know, like the industrial war machine. Okay. And it's not absurdist anymore. It's oh, uh, too real. It's just depressing. Too real to be fun. But you know who is in it? My birthday twin, Hilary Duff. So nice, nice. It all came around in the end. Um, so that's what I've been doing, and that's what I will continue to be doing for the rest of my life. Good times. Um, so you didn't, uh, on Comedy Side, did you not watch the movie, the other Netflix movie everybody's watched, Don't Look Up? I have not watched that. Oh. Um, I I think, I, I don't think it's for you. Oh, it, okay, because Zach's dad has been, not, I don't want to say he's been pushing it, but he, he said that it was good, and like... He was pushing me towards it last night. I so think last I night. think it's worth watching because everybody else has watched it. Ugh. I will say, here's how I feel about this movie. It, um, This was a movie, and it wasn't even out that long, but everybody had a really strong opinion one way or the other, right? It was like everybody thought it was the greatest satire in the world or thought it punched you across the face and thought it was um, trying too hard and all of that. And so I go in thinking, okay, which which way am I going to fall? And it's one of those that it became impossible to not watch and be like, okay, I see I see side A's point, but I also see what side B is saying. Like, and in the end, I'm like, I don't know. I I admire that it has seemed to spark to make people think. And hey, I, I just read there was an article floating around somewhere. Um, he goes on like Slate or something, and it was like how Charlotte's child's um. Uh, uh, talking about being non-binary helped me come out. I was like, oh, okay. Here, here's a show that I think is not doing such... That, that's, that's not very well done. But you know what? It helps somebody. And mm-hmm. I feel a little bit about that with Don't, Don't Look Up. Like, there are people that this made them think. This made some people think. And there are some things about this movie that are... That, like, I, I can't call it a bad movie. There's, there, are, there are some performances that are great. Um... Like I, for me, the biggest problem was I didn't find it that funny. Like I, I felt like I was supposed to be laughing and I wasn't until motherfucking Timothy Chalamet shows up an hour and a half into the movie and takes it to a different place. He's very good. He is so good in this because he comes in with such a different energy than I have ever seen him do. And he manages to be genuinely funny but then very quickly you realize, like, he has become, like, the heart of this movie, which I did not see coming. And he's really good in it. Um, but it, I don't know. It's, it's fine. It's kind of where I land on it. Like, I would never argue with anybody that loved it or hated it. Because I think, like, mm. both readings, and I mean, obviously an opinion is always valid. But I think somebody saying, this tried too hard and told me things I knew versus somebody saying, I don't know, I think they found a way to, to make a satire out of an issue without telling that issue. You're both right. I just don't know that I have any opinion on this movie. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think the the, the chances of me loving it are slim. Mm-hmm. The chances of me hating it are better. And the chances of me being kind of indifferent, Yeah. that, that seems the most realistic. I don't really want to be indifferent. Mm-hmm. Right, like about about something just to be part of a conversation about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think you you need to watch it, but I yeah. don't. 
again, like there are things in it that are that are funny. There's also like I mean, the whole idea of it is also really depressing and not just yeah. that, okay, it's an al- it's, you know, it's about climate control. Well, or climate change. It's, it's also about Amazon and it's also about this and that. And like, so there's a big part of it that's just like, this is just sad. Cause I, I know, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I know I would... all this, these systems are fucked and are fucking people and yeah, I don't want to laugh at it necessarily. Yeah. I would say that my, at any given time, there's 10% of my brain doing something yeah. and then like, 45% of my brain is climate worry and yeah. the other 45% of my brain is thinking about John Cusack. That's where I live right now. <laughs> Who shockingly is not in this movie even though everybody else is. Uh, nobody so hired him. What did he him? do it's to piss off Adam bummer. McKay? Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. Um, um, all right. Yeah, so, yeah. I have, uh, oh, another um, of the probably likely awards movies uh, and possibly the frontrunner for Best Actress on Amazon, talking about Amazon, uh, being the Ricardos. Oh, yeah. I like uh, Nicole a lot, as you know. She's um, great in this. She's fantastic. Um, I I liked this less than a lot of people, not because of the performances. I thought she was fantastic, and I think she approached... Like, you could see her... I don't want to say you could see her, like, thinking about the role, because it's not it. You can see what, what she is doing is really interesting, because she is not playing Lucy. She's playing Lucille. Like, she is playing Lucille Ball, the person behind Lucy. You actually mm-hmm. never really see her play Lucy. And she, I mean, she's Nicole Kidman. She knows what she's doing, and she does it in an interesting way. And you know she has found an angle into this woman. The problem I had was... Um, I, uh, Aaron Sorkin is a good writer. I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, oh, it was too Sorkin-y. But this is a movie that if somebody else turned in this draft as their first draft, they would have had to rewrite it five times. And he's Aaron Sorkin, so he doesn't have to. So the the way characters speak is so 2022 and not mm. 1950. I have heard people make that complaint, specifically about the use of ca- of the term gaslighting oh my god oh my god christine oh my god i (laughs) i can't remember if i paused the movie it was one of those things that when it happens basically nicole kidman looks at desir or it looks at javier bardem says don't gaslight me and i i think i i paused it and i turned to brannon and i was like shaking and i'm like we did not use gaslight as a verb like that until very recently and it's it made me so angry because it was such a, like, it, it is so, it's also bad writing because it's like, it, it, it's you, who really, like, do you, do you want a writer to write exactly what somebody is thinking you're doing or to find a way to say it without saying it? Instead, it is blatantly, are you gaslighting me, bitch? Like, that's what it feels like. And there's another part point where, um, uh, Buster from uh, uh, Arrested Development is the mm-hmm. producer of the show, and he refers to himself as the showrunner. And again, I'm like, we didn't say showrunner until like 2002. Like, it wasn't a term we used. Like, there's so much of that, and just the way people talk in this movie. Like, um, maybe from Arrested Development is also she's playing a writer, and this was apparently a real, real woman who was a writer on Lucy. But the way she talks to Lucy, it's like, well, I think you're infantilizing yourself and it's not good for women. And like all of this talk that you're like, no, 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 Aaron Sorkin, you read an article that that suggested that nobody talked like that in 1950 to Lucille Ball. 
and it it just it feels like to me like I was offended because I'm like if I wrote this when I was in college my professor would not allow me he would say okay but think about what area you're writing in and like Aaron Sorkin gets away with it because he's Aaron Sorkin so it really bothered me yeah I have a big problem with the rules not applying to everybody that's what it feels like yeah Eh, but anyway uh and then last comedy I watched um this talk about random because we didn't watch this for Christmas this was another Netflix rental that came far after Christmas um somehow the conversation came up about uh the movie Mixed Nuts which I had never seen mm, I've never seen that yeah 1994 either. I think it is Nora Ephron uh directing it is based on a French movie um I there's nobody the oh, actually no, no no I lied the only person not in this movie is John Cusack oh, well <laughs> I would watch it if he was you have Steve Martin Rita Wilson Madeline Kahn um, Parker oh, Posey, um, Juliet Lewis, uh, Anthony LaPaglia, uh, Gary Shandling, like everybody in the world is in this movie. I wanted to like it so much more, but it is, um, it tries so hard to be zany that everybody is zany and it, but it doesn't have like the language of a zany movie. So it just feels very forced. So I, I, it, there were moments that were, that I chuckled at, but overall it was not, uh, what I was hoping for. That's a shame. I, I, I like, I always like getting something in there with uh, Parker Posey or Juliette yeah. Lewis. And basically P- Parker Posey is essentially playing, um, every, she's what's her name from um, Best in Show. Like it's the same exact person, only she's on Rollerblades. Oh, I do like her. I know. That's the thing. Like, I don't have a problem with that. No, like, I'll, I'll watch her do that in any movie. Um, but she's only in it for a small part anyway. Eh. Those are my movies. I have a couple of TV. Any uh, major TV you want to talk about? I forgot that I watched The Last Duel. Oh my gosh! I want—I have not seen it, but I am so curious about how you felt about The Last Duel. Look. It's fantastic. Oh, nice. It's one of my favorite movies Ugh. of the year. If you said to me in January 2021... Christine, your favorite movies of the year will be Dune, The Green Knight, and The Last Duel. I would have said, go fuck yourself. And those are two of those movies are set in what I like to call dirty times, which I like, yep. but you don't. I don't. And no. I would say, who am I? My father? Go fuck yourself. But no. <laughs> who am I? Emily? No, no but, but not even. I wouldn't even think of you. I don't even think of you as like, like, a, like a dueling well clearly you don't know me nearly as well as you thought you did it is so good so i get why everybody was like no i don't want this because i don't want it right i don't want it um i don't want the rape movie Mm -hmm. thank you um with two people i don't like in it i don't like ben affleck and i don't like matt damon (laughs) at all but christine he's the father of daughters he is the father. As a father of daughters, <laughs> I am going to sell you an NFT. I don't, I don't like Matthew Damon. I don't. I am with you on that. Yeah. And Matthew Damon, if you're listening to this, call Just John Cusack for me. Just know, um, Matthew Damon, that when I look at you, I think Jesse Plemons could do everything you do, but probably better. be a nicer guy about it. And better. Yes. Um, so I get, I get the the whole like, because I was that person. I said, I don't want this. I don't need to see this. Good. Uh-huh. And then I, a couple people that I really trusted started popping up with, like, guys, it's, it's good. Mm. And I knew it had a female uh, screenwriter. Yep. And I was like, oh, It's Nicole Huffman right. Shutter. And there is this part of me that deeply wants to trust Adam Driver. I want oh, to trust course. him. Of course. I don't want to think he will hurt me. No. 
So when when there was those rumblings of like, hey, it's actually good, and then as it became more and more available, the rumblings became much louder, oh. and it was like, hey, everyone, this is actually good. And so I finally said, okay, let's let's do this, and it's very good. Good. I don't want to. I'm not spoiling anything, but it's it's divided into parts. I know it's basically Rashomon. Yes. In a different way, yeah. But so, like, I didn't, I didn't necessarily know that until it started, mm. and it, and it tells you, you know, Matt Damon's perspective first, which I think is very smart because get him out of the way. <laughs> um, but it shows you his perspective first, and then it goes on to to Adams, and then it goes on to Jodie Comer's, and and it's in in the way that they it 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 allows you to make a point. Like the point of like how people perceive certain things mm-hmm. and how impactful certain things are to certain people. It makes you it, it, that storytelling device allowed them to make a point without feeling like I was being hit over the head with it. Okay. Interestingly enough, to loop back to your um, your Lucy movie, it was able to stay period accurate and use the storytelling and filmmaking to give me the modern point without nice. taking me out of the time period. Mm, very nice. And um, Jodie Comer was very, very good. Huh. I It is a high recommend. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm sure it's coming soon somewhere. It's on HBO. I think, oh, is right? it? Oh, sweet. Okay, good. I'll watch it. We paid for it. Like, we VOD'd it. Okay. I think it, I think it is on. Yeah, HBO it's got to be imminent point. at this point. But yes, I liked it a lot. And if I understand not wanting to watch a rape movie, um, and it is, it is depictions of, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, this isn't meant to be exactly what it is. It is, it is handled very well. It is not gratuitous. It's, it's not male gaze. Yeah, it, it is. It is awful, obviously, mm-hmm. because it's what it is. But like, I wasn't ever like, how dare they choose to film this story this right, way? Right. You know. Okay, good. So there you go. Very nice. That, that's exciting. I, I am, I have been interested in seeing it. I have not sought it out, but if it comes to me, then I'm definitely curious. Very curious. It's. I think it's worth your time. If yeah, you, if sounds like in, it. If in the mood. Yeah. Uh, you know how I love my Rashomon medieval rape stories, so I'm on it. You're on it. Uh, all right. Do you have any TV of note? I finished The Witcher season two. Okay. I was super disappointed. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, they changed a lot from season one. Oh. And that made me sad. I think season one is solid and good. And I understand what they did for season two. It just didn't work for didn't me. Work for so that you. made me sad. I'm sorry to hear that. And I watched Yellow Jackets. Oh, which I still... Okay, so I have not watched Yellow Jackets. I don't... I I don't have Showtime. What? Who is Showtime? That's a thing? People yeah, pay for I, Showtime? I have it. We have it because it's like bundled with something else yeah. it's like a ancillary thing that like, we have um like it's one of those things where i'm like it i know every especially every woman whose like opinions i really value has watched it and loves it and is writing about it and like everything about it i'm like oh god i know like there's things i know about it that obviously speak to me but i'm like i'm i'm just not gonna fucking pay for showtime well, I mean, if you have, if you know that you're going to have time, I, what people have been doing is they've been doing the, like the free preview, yeah. yeah, 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 and then and like banging it out, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's super smart, and honestly, might have been what I did if I we didn't have it. Got it. Um, I didn't watch it right. Away. I got on pretty early. Like I think 
there were like two episodes available when mm-hmm. I went back and watched the first one. But then then I was like, Zach, you need to watch this. So we caught up and um, we're able to watch the finale kind of live. Okay. It is I like don't let I, I really hope it hasn't been overhyped. Approach it like what if Lost was good? <laughs> Because for a while, Lost was really good, yeah, and it was yeah. really exciting to, like, theorize. But, like, but once we got to a certain point, it was kind of clear, no matter what they were saying, mm-hmm. that, like, all the threads weren't going to connect, and yeah. not everything was going to pay off. But this doesn't feel like that. Everything okay. feels really tight and feels really deliberate. Yeah, and, I mean, it's so many women who Ooh. I love that I would love so to good. see acting together. So Juliet Lewis is so good. Yeah, and like Melanie Linsky finally like becoming a household name is very exciting to so chubby exciting. little me who watched her never after and said, "Why don't they make a movie that stars her?" Yeah, well, she is very very good. In this. Good, good, good. I th- I don't know. I might have watched something else. I don't remember. Did you end up ever watching The White Lotus on HBO? No, I was gonna do Nine Perfect Strangers and then go right into oh White Lotus. Did you watch Nine I, Perfect Strangers? I didn't finish it. No. Oh, it, it oh, not yeah. Nine Perfect Strangers was bad TV. It was very upsetting to me because you had a cast that did not deserve to be put in that situation. It was just well, so bad. My, my favorite pairing of um, uh, Melissa McCarthy and uh, oh. Bobby Cannavale. Oh That's like. A match made in heaven. Honestly, that was the only thing to me that was like actively good in it. Was that okay? The two of them get to like get get to be together, which was really cute, and they have really good chemistry. Um, They do. They're in a shitload of other stuff together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Like the thing was, everybody was good on the show. Like Melissa McCarthy was doing great work and doing stuff that you don't see her do. Michael Shannon's there, being Michael Shannon, and like being like geek dad Michael Shannon, which is just as sexy as crazy on Hinge Michael, uh, Michael Shannon. But that, I mean, nothing makes me angrier than a miniseries that, that is not paced right or that doesn't, like, tell a story <laughs> cleanly. Yeah. Because um, I don't understand it. there's no reason for there's that There's no excuse happen. for it. Yeah, and that's that's why I gave up an American Horror Story because every season I'm like, how did you rush the ending? You How did you have plot threads like you knew your story from the beginning you're not planning for next year it's all about this contained period of time and you couldn't do it i don't get it and like that's how i felt about nine perfect strangers i didn't and i haven't read the book um i've read other stuff by leanne moriarty and it just felt like what why did they do it this way Mm, why did they tell the story i didn't get it but white lotus is um it's really good i think it's it's and it's very funny but if you to talk about things that are really upsetting, I think White Lotus for you would actually be really upsetting. Oh, well, good to know because it's very much a show about the rich and how they live in a different world from the not rich, and it is done in a way that is really brilliant, and everybody is so good in it. Um, your your girlfriend Alexandra Dodario. I do love her. Yeah, yeah. She's in it, and she's doing something very different than I've seen her do, and she's really good. Um, the uh, Jennifer, I mean Jennifer Coolidge, obviously is just giving a performance that only an alien can give, and it works. But it is surprisingly heavy and kind of upsetting if class things bother you. So 
not not as light a watch as I think um, it might have seen or been presented as. Interesting. It's getting a second season. Yeah, which I'm really curious about. And I, yeah. I mean, it's Mike White who is in who is not um, Ryan Murphy. Like I trust him more, so could be interesting. Yeah, maybe I'll get around to it. We're trying to do this like one series at a time thing, like mm-hmm. finish a series and then do. Oh, and we're gonna start Utopia, which I'm gonna mention Utopia to you. For What's reasons, Utopia? but for actual Emily reasons too. What is Utopia? So Utopia, so Utopia is a is an adaptation of a BBC series that aired on Amazon. Um, John okay. Cusack is in it, but, <laughs> but also the creator, the person who created it for U.S. television, is Gillian Flynn. Ooh, okay, so, okay. So like, there was a real reason for me to mention it to you. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. So it's, we're um, gonna start that, and it's Amazon, Amazon original. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. John Cusack, Rain Wilson, Sasha yep. Lane. Okay. I am going to click on it, and so I add it before I forget. Add yeah. to watch. So list. I thought, I thought, I knew he had done a show semi recently, and then I was, then I, I actually listened to an interview he did, and he mentioned Gillian, and I was like, I wonder if he means Gillian Flynn, because I'm a dope. And then he said <laughs> Gillian Flynn, and I was like, oh wait, he did mean Gillian Flynn. <laughs> I had no idea she had done like a whole last television. I had show. not heard of this. No, twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very recent. Interesting. I'll give it a gander. Uh, did you, like everybody else in the world, watch Squid Game? No. Okay. I liked it. Uh, yeah. It's so it's also they, more upsetting class stuff, so. Oh, for sure. I do that thing. It's called what I call the Titanic effect, um, where when things reach a fever pitch, I'll just, I just, now I'll just bow out on principle. I do that with a lot of, I mean, I've done that with Marvel now. Um, yeah. With anything on, basically anything new on Disney Plus, I'm like, no, I'm not. Yep. No. Me too. Um. Yep. Like, I know, what is it, uh, the, I was going to say The Gatekeeper, The Peacemaker, is that it? The other, like is a show, it's DC, though. Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's the same people that were trying to get me to watch The Boys, or get, trying to get me to watch Peacemaker, and I'm like, I don't know, I'm good. Like, I watched the first two episodes of The Boys and didn't like it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like the, the people that keep telling me to watch it, like, it's like whenever I bring up anything else, it's like, yeah, well, I didn't like the Ghostbusters reboot either. It's like, okay, I'm good. Because they mean, like, the girl one, so. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yucky, yucky, icky girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, Don't Look Up is kind of in that territory. I just I kind it. of went step back. I still haven't seen Titanic to this day. Wow. So, Holden's Oh my strong. god, we should do an episode on Titanic! I mean, it would probably make a lot of references make more sense. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> I'm now picturing us watching it, and the, like, you getting to the King of the World scene and being like, oh, that's what it's from! Huh, no, I do know that! I know King of the World and Draw Me Like Your French Girls, and it's been 86 never years, let go, and I Jack. dropped it in... Drops it into the water. I never let go, Jack. There's enough room on the door for both of them. Billy Zane. I know all this, like, the visual cues and stuff. I have eyes. But, like, I've never actually sat down and watched it. Oh, my God. Like, I want you to do that thing that people, like, used to do for stuff like that where, like, I'm going to live tweet watching Titanic the first time. I think it'd be very amusing. <laughs> I was just thinking I should write down what I think Titanic is about. <laughs> Yeah. Because there's also that Futurama episode that's effectively Titanic, but with robots. <laughs> it, uh, oh, wow. Because the thing about Titanic is, like, it's that perfect example of a movie that has so much wrong with it. But at the same time, like, even today you can look at it being like, yeah, but I get it. Like, I get the appeal. I get why it, it, it won Oscars and all of this. But, like, yeah, it's not very good. But it is really good. Like, it, to me, it's, like, that perfect example of, like, 
populist pop culture that you like you're like no i I get why it worked should it have worked Uh, no but it did i think that this is the thing though i think that it might work on me if i watch it i think i might get it if i watch it that's where i really want you to watch it okay so what did we say we're doing titanic and what was the other movie oh gosh i have to rewind and figure it out oh um uh, jupiter ascending jupiter ascending and titanic that's what we should do it'll be the 12 hour podcast yeah i I i've never seen avatar either so that's avatar i think is less uh i have so i'm i have a theory about avatar um which i saw and i didn't hate it was fine in the theaters with the 3D was impressive, but I don't ever need to see it again. It doesn't deserve the hate it gets from film people. I don't understand the love it gets from other people. But yeah. here's my theory on Avatar. I'm going to say it, and we'll see if I'm right. I think Avatar 2 and 3, whatever the other movies that James Cameron made of those those that haven't been released, that like are you know long coming. And I don't know about you, all of the movie people in my circle just think it is the dumbest thing and that it's going to bomb and nobody cares about Avatar, and nobody's going to see this movie, I think the next Avatar movie is going to be the biggest hit since Force Awakens. Because uh, I think, not for whatever reason, non-movie people love Avatar. And there they are do. more of them than there are movie nerds. That's true. Zach has seen Avatar. He is actually... I, I don't want to say he's pro, but he will he will be the first to tell you that there's really interesting things in it, and that there's interesting environmental um, oh yeah and it's, like yeah. colonization stuff yeah. and i think that's great whenever we can get like those messages out to non-movie people maybe non like media yeah. obsessed well, people i love it, that it's kind of again like to to pair it with don't look up in that same way like like and yes it's effectively what you just said about that yeah, yeah like like don't look up for the, for the average like i don't know really well-versed um person on climate change don't look up isn't going to like brighten any light bulbs they're gonna look at it and say yeah duh yeah I but to it. somebody yeah. that isn't thinking about it to see it that way that might be the thing that makes them think about it and avatar same same thing really like yeah like it is about environmentalism and it's about yeah. completely about colonization and just you know um indigenous peoples and and all of these things and james cameron is a is it is a strange guy is probably a nightmare to be around but for all the hate he gets from people um the man has made what is it three of the most successful movies of all time for real um you know what there's value to that i think what you just said being able to make something comprehensible i hate to say to the masses because it sounds like i'm talking down but comprehensible to like you know a, a grand amount of people and still be able to like imbue it with some kind of message. Like yeah. I don't fucking think I could do that. Yeah, it's it's a lot harder I think than it sounds on paper. So, all right. So the James Cameron Appreciation Cast, uh, it will be for for 2022. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen Titanic. No. I, I just I I. I, I, I did not know that. And I am... it's, it started out of principle, and then it just became like, well, I'm not going to break the streak now. No, I, I get it. But I feel like you need to break the streak now. I know. I don't even know what year that came out. I 96, feel like... I think? Maybe. Yeah, I think I, it was I know that it was playing at the $1.50 movie theater a lot, and I would go to see every other movie other than it, and I knew people that were like on their 10th time. Yeah. 
I feel like I saw it in the theater, like, at least twice. Yeah, a lot of people did. It yeah. hung around. Well, and it, yeah, I mean, it, it's a thing like, hey, kids today don't understand that a movie came out and it could stay in the theaters for months. But Titanic stayed in the theaters for, like, run. two years. Yeah. Yeah, there was, so where we're, I grew up, we had the regular theater, we had a second run, and then we had the dollar fifty. So, mm. <laughs> so the dollar fifty was, like, sub second run i don't even know how they were still playing the movie when you could get it at blockbuster yeah i don't i don't know rules i don't understand like i remember like i used to get entertainment weekly at the time and like they would do the box office and like titanic number one and it was like that movie came out what december it was like march of the following year and it was still number one Mm. like it was a it was a phenomenon you can't still that's the joke you can't go thrifting or to like like a goodwill without finding like a hundred of the double vhs's yep yep yeah and you still haven't watched it i look i don't know but yet you've seen Poseidon. of course (laughs) my priorities are straight you are a fascinating woman christine makepeace fascinating woman (laughs) thank you (laughs) well that was a lot of stuff that we've been watching. It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, when next we meet, uh, we're doing Titanic. No, we're not doing Titanic. Although I really want to push you to do Titanic. Uh, um, we can talk about it. I don't we'll, know. We'll I mean, something. I would break my streak for you. Oh, I, I can't be responsible for that. What if this is the thing that's been holding you together all this time? And then I, I see Titanic. You watch and Titanic and your entire life changes. You're like, oh no. Maybe for the better, though. <laughs> okay, I'm not ready to take that responsibility. So we are going to think about what we're watching next. Okay. And we will come back to everybody with that announcement. And that will be that. So in the meantime, Christine, you have a book. People should buy it. Oh, I do have a book. I released a book of short fiction. It's called The Sound of Breaking Glass. I think it's exceptionally good, and other people seem to like it too, which is really nice. But it would be cool if you bought it and read it. As one of those other people, uh, I can say it is exceptionally good. I enjoyed the fuck out of it, and everybody should buy it. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. All right, everybody. Until next time, go go have yourselves a uh, a, a Titanic of a January. How's that? Go watch Titanic and then tweet me reasons why I should watch it. <gasps> yes. Uh, I at... mean, it would just be Billy Zane over and over. <laughs> I mean, oh, gee, like you, oh, he's so good. He's so bad. I know. I love him. In that movie, he's just, oh, Christine. I'll think about it. Okay. Think really hard okay. about it. Okay. Okay. If you want us to watch Titanic, weigh in please on a, on a social media site. Let me know that you're listening. If you're listening and you want me to watch it, just tell me and I'll do yes, it. Please. I'm very easy. So do that at Feminine Podcast on Twitter or at Para underscore Xteen on Twitter. No, it's actually Xteen underscore Makepeace. Oh, yeah. I'm easy to find, though. It's I'm the only person with my name. And uh, also, there's Facebook. I don't go there, but, like, I'll check on it occasionally. Okay, okay. People, it's important to me that <laughs> we find a way. And I don't want to be the only one responsible for it, either. I do not want to be the one that made Christine watch, watch Titanic. I want you all to be the reason that she watches so, Titanic. It's a lot of responsibility. I don't know why I said, now I'm, like, dying to rewatch Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold off in case we do. Yes. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yes. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, folks. With that being said, goodbye. Goodbye.